Hey guys, I am so stoked that you're going to be listening in to Johanna's episode today. Johanna is an incredible Louisville photographer, and she is sharing her story with us on how she moved from being a teacher to a photographer. And I'm so excited that you guys are going to get to share the very just real human aspect of starting a new business after already having a career. And, you know, as someone who has done this before, I was very, very intrigued to hear how Johanna's done it and all of the different tips and tricks she's learned along the way to make a business that she absolutely loves running. So let's grab our headphones and maybe a cup of coffee and let's listen to her story. Hey y'all, thanks for joining on this season of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. This season is so special and I cannot wait for you to listen in. I'm bringing on some guests that have incredible, empowering, and inspiring stories to share with you in order to inspire and empower you to grow the business that you desire and to live the life you want to live. So pop in those headphones and let's listen in. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for joining on another episode of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. Today, I have Johanna Rival of Frames and Letters Photography, and she's actually based right here in Louisville, Kentucky. And I'm super excited to get a chance for you all to hear her story and hopefully leave more inspired and empowered for it. Johanna, thank you so much for joining on today's episode. Thanks for having me, Dan. I'm so excited to be a guest on my first podcast. I'm so like honored that I get to be your first podcast. This is the second <laughs> guest of this season that I'm their first podcast. So I'm stoked. Me too. Awesome. So I just kind of, I want to dive right in. Tell me all about you starting your business and, you know, why you decided to become a photographer. Yeah, absolutely. So first, I guess I studied Spanish in college. So I have a master's degree in Spanish and secondary education. So I was a teacher for the past, well, not this past year, but before that for eight years. And I've taught Spanish everything from elementary school level all the way up to university and even as well educate Spanish. Wow. Um, I've lived abroad. I really enjoy traveling. And so my love of photography really probably came from traveling initially. So, you know, back then when you could just get like the cheap camera from Black Friday at Walmart and just a cheap digital camera and I just love taking pictures of my trip and everybody always like said they love my pictures and stuff but it wasn't really anything super serious to me until I got kind of a nice digital camera for my birthday one year in 2017 and after that people really started to like take note of my pictures and really started to ask me if I would like take pictures for them like engagement photos or family photos and then I kind of realized like oh I can like make some cash for this like I can make some money for my future trips that I want to take and so at first I just thought of it as a way to just get some extra travel money. And then on Facebook, I got an invitation from a photographer in Virginia who actually had been my best friend's wedding photographer. And she was hosting like a month long coaching mentorship, you know, four phone calls, one per week and kind of helping you start a business and create actionable goals. And so since I was starting to charge money for it, I wanted to make sure I did things correctly. And when I invested in that mentoring, that month long mentoring, 
was the first time I actually invested money in my craft. And that was the pivotal point for me where I said, you know, I can actually make money off of this. And at first it was still, you know, just something I did on the side. But then I started getting into second shooting weddings with other photographers. And then it got to a point where I started to think like, this could actually be a career. This is a career for so many women and mothers and other entrepreneurs. And at the same time, you know, I was teaching and teaching is just a really hard career. It's very fulfilling, does a very great service for the world, but it's very hard. And with a master's degree, I live in Louisville, but I was teaching over in Indiana and the salary there is much less. The most I could hope to get a raise was $1,000 a year. And with a master's degree, I was making probably half of what a master's degree in any other field would be making. And so then I started to, yeah, and that's kind of when I just started to reevaluate. So I kind of was in a moment of, you know, do I really want to be in a job that is, you know, does a great thing. I enjoyed teaching, but I'm going to probably be poor the rest of my life, or I'm going to be very limited in how much I can make. Or do I want to do this other thing that's really creative? And I really enjoy it. And I can kind of make my own schedule and decide who I want to work with, what dates I want to work, what dates I want to take vacation, and I can choose my rate and charge what I'm worth. And so in the last couple of years, that was 2018 when I started doing that mentoring. And since then, it's just grown every year. I've learned so much about business and about myself and what I'm looking for in a in my dream career. And eventually last year, at the end of the school year, I left my teaching career for good. And so last month, May was one year in business for me. And here we are. (laughs) Congratulations. That's so exciting. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I, I love that. So I love to travel. I don't travel as often. Um, I shouldn't say as often. I normally travel two or three times a year, but I rarely get outside of the States just because it's, I have a four and a half year old. (laughs) Yeah, and, and it's harder places in the U.S. Like I love it. Yeah, national parks and stuff. I'm really enjoying traveling in the U.S. since the pandemic started. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, like, what what's been your favorite travel experience so far for photography, or just in general? In general, we'll do it. We'll do both. We'll do it in general okay. and for photography. Uh, well, I think that. Oh, that's like such a hard question because I've been to many places. Okay, well, I have to say my favorite overall was in Argentina because I lived there for six months when I did a study abroad in college. And that just opened me up to so many things um, in my life. And I've been back like four times since I studied there and I still have a close friend. So it's been a few years since I've been back the last time. But but that's just like a place that's like very special in my heart. And then favorite for photography, um, actually in May, I did destination wedding there in Colombia. And that was so much fun. And it helped that I knew the couple. I knew a lot of the people that were going there and they just planned the most fun week. And yeah, I really was sad to come back. (laughs) So like great weather, great food and drinks, great people. And I really enjoyed that. That is awesome. That's awesome. I, I love that in certain types of photography, anyway, it can really take you anywhere. Mm-hmm. and yeah, and help you build relationships like across the world which I think is just amazing yeah absolutely that's been really enjoyable to kind of combine three of my passions Spanish and photography and travel so I've really enjoyed that <laughs> that's amazing so 
when you think back over the last, I can't do math, three years, right? Four years, yeah. Yeah, four years. I see, I told you. Yeah, 2018. What would you say was the hardest part about kind of switching your perspective from, oh, I'm going to capture, you know, images while I'm traveling to, oh, this is something that I can like make a career. Yeah, I would say it was really difficult at first. I think a lot of imposter syndrome came up and still sometimes because, you know, I have a master's degree in teaching and in Spanish and that's what I know. And that's what I've dedicated my life to pretty much for, you know, since I've been in college um, and since I graduated. And knowing that teaching is such an important career because we educate all the other careers and and really knowing like how much of a need there is for good teachers. And then the possibility of like leaving that to do something that I don't have a degree in. I don't have a degree in photography or business. I've done courses and things since I've started. But, you know, it does give you that feeling of imposter syndrome of like, I'm not qualified for this. But, you know, it's like. I I just really felt like it was a jump that I needed to take for myself because I really was lacking a lot of autonomy and a lot of flexibility in my teaching career um, and like personal life balance, you know, work life balance was really awful with teaching. And so I did feel really guilty when I was thinking about leaving teaching because I know right now like schools are struggling and they're struggling to find good teachers. There's a shortage, but at the same time, my mental health was suffering. And so I had to put myself first. So it did feel really selfish. It felt like I was doing something I wasn't qualified for. But at the same time, I knew that I needed to pursue something that was going to benefit me in the long run yeah. and create a healthier, a healthier life overall and a more fulfilling career for myself. So you think about like the transition from working in such a demanding job to running your own business. What was that transition like? Was it, was it like, Hey, I am, this is amazing. I'm not going to do these things. You know, like, this is how my business is going to run. I am never overworking myself again. Or was there a lot of like, Hmm, I'm still working 80 hours a week somehow. (laughs) Well, yeah, so it's definitely an interesting transition because definitely in the last two years that I was teaching, so, you know, around the pandemic, twenty, the 1920 school year and 2021 school year, um, I was basically doing two full-time jobs. And so I was, and I think my whole life I've been used to just hustling all the time, you know, in college, when you're in college and working, when you're starting work and you're, you know, living on a small salary, like, I've been used to that my whole life. So part of it just felt very natural to me. But I did definitely get to that point with my mental health where I was like, I can't be doing all this at once. So when I did leave teaching and go full time photography, and and thankfully, at that time, like on social media and stuff, there was a lot of information out there about mental health and like preserving your mental health as an entrepreneur. So I had been looking, you know, following a lot of those pages, and I had already been looking and thinking about what does my ideal schedule look like? when I do go full time, because I made a plan and I, you know, I was planning for it long ahead of time. And so, you know, I decided like, you know, I'm not going to be working 12 hour days. I'm not going to be, you know, working myself to the bone, working every weekend, working every evening. You know, I was like, I don't want that. So it was nice leaving two full time jobs and just doing one, one yes. thing. It felt really good. But then, you know, you still do have really busy seasons. So I really had to be intentional. I used this time tracker called Toggle. To just kind of track my time for a week, like after school ended, 
And I you know, was doing my editing, answering emails, doing all the tasks that I do day to day, as well as my time at sessions and weddings. And I kind of, you know, I really just needed to have a realistic picture of how much do I need to work to like get stuff done and where can I, you know, afford to like cut back. And honestly, now, I mean, my weekday work is like nine, 9.30 is kind of when I start and I finish by around four and I'll do two to three sessions a week max and two to three weddings a month. And I block out the other days. Wednesdays are my day off because nobody really needs. And then usually at least one day on the weekend is off too. So yeah, I've really had to be intentional about figuring out when is my work time and when is my personal time. And the hardest thing I think was taking a day off, which sounds crazy, but that was the hardest thing for me at first was taking a full Wednesday off. Like there were several days where I would end up working half the day and I had to just you know, with time, it's gotten a little bit easier, but it's still really hard to resist that urge to constantly be productive. So would you be comfortable talking about like what that mental health struggle was, was like for you and how you went from like acknowledging that there was a struggle there and then making the changes to not only like tackle it in the moment, but ensuring like you have the tools to alleviate it in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important for us to be talking about mental health, yeah. you know, as a society. So I'm, I'm happy to talk about that. So during the pandemic, teaching in Indiana, like I was, we kept doing in person for, I think that first spring semester 2020, we were virtual for the rest of the school year after our spring break. But yeah. then the next year, they made the decision for us to come back in person. And I will tell you, I had so much anxiety and I was so scared because at that time we still were, you know, pretty scared of we didn't have vaccines or anything yet. So I was terrified being in person. I had over 100 students come through my classroom every single day, although some had the option to be hybrid and virtual. But, you know, you're you're literally getting exposed every single day. We'd get emails. This kid's been exposed. This kid has COVID. They were in your classroom. You have to contact trace. You know, I was terrified and I didn't have the option to work from home. And at that time, I wasn't ready to leave completely from teaching. And I didn't even realize that it was anxiety. I just, you know, I knew that I didn't want to be there in person because I was worried about my health. But at night, when I was going to sleep, I would have chest pains on the left side of my chest. I would have trouble. It's kind of weird to describe, but it was like, I would be yawning, like trying to yawn, and I could never fully complete the yawn. So I would have five, six, seven yawns in a row that I couldn't complete. And it's a feeling of you can't catch your breath. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing because I was going to sleep. So I'm like, you know, it's not like, like I'm obviously tired (laughs) and overworked, trying to yawn. I can't. And it's making me feel like kind of scared, like, you know, with COVID too, because it was like it affects your breathing and all of that. Mm -hmm. So I went into the doctor, see, do I have COVID? And, you know, and she, you know, the practitioner there was asking me questions. It's like, you know, I think that you're experiencing anxiety. Like, I, you know, you're given that you're just laying down to go to sleep and you're probably thinking about things like you might want to go talk to a therapist about this. And at that time, I hadn't had a regular therapist for a while. So, so, you know, I started the search to get one and found a great therapist who I still um, have sessions with today. And I really really just love her. She's great. And anyway, so that was kind of the start to that mental health journey was just figuring out. And once she said anxiety, and I kind of was like, 
okay, there's a name for this. Like right. not COVID that, that alleviated some fears for me. And, you know, I at least know what this is. So, you know, then my therapist kind of helped me work on breathing techniques and, and just talking through my anxiety, literally to help me to just process it. And, but I will tell you that I still had it like all the time. And when I left teaching that stopped. Um, oh. Yeah. And I would say I didn't experience it hardly at all in the last year and a half. Well, in the last year since I left teaching, maybe two or three times when some things got kind of stressful was just like busy schedule yeah. um, in the spring. But honestly, I really have not had those symptoms. So I think it was it was a big sign for me that that was causing that environment overall was very stressful and COVID just added to it having mm -hmm. a pandemic. So yeah, it was very eye-opening for me. And now I'm aware that, you know, I, I did need to step back for more reasons than just I wanted a change, but also for my mental health. Like photography for me is a lot more, it's a lot more healthy for me because during the week I'm at home and I set my schedule and then I'm only out you know, a couple times a week with clients. And that's a lot better of an environment for me than constantly having people around me all the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, like the, the peace that happens when, because the same thing happened to me when I started seeing a therapist. And I started seeing a therapist in October of 2020. Because I was in that same boat where I was, I was probably in the worst place mentally than I had been since my dad passed. And I just, I couldn't, I feel like I couldn't not just like catch my breath, but like, I was so unhappy and didn't know like what to do anymore. <laughs> like yeah, I was, I, mean, I, I was ready to like kick my husband out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it does you know? things to you. Yeah. yeah. And I literally, I would dread waking up every morning to go to work. I, you know, we only get very limited personal and sick days as teachers. Yeah. I wanted to use those every single week. And my partner would tell me, you know, like you just need to quit. I'm like, well, I have a yearly contract. I can't just quit right now. Right. Uh, and I just, everything just waking up in the morning at 6.15, which I do not miss at all. <laughs> you know, and I think maybe before the pandemic, maybe like you and I, maybe we were kind of like what they call high-functioning anxiety. Like yes. we could function because yes. it was our normal. But then when the pandemic added on to it, it was like, okay. Like, nope. I <laughs> Can't handle it anymore. Yeah. And yeah. I really appreciate seeing a lot of entrepreneurs on social media to like be open about their mental health struggles and like how important it is to take care of yourself because you know if we weren't in this time and space where people are more open about it I don't know that I would have sought help I don't know that I wouldn't like if I ever would have like made the leap I probably would still be like stuck and miserable in how I was before I I completely agree I think it's amazing the shift that at least in the online space I feel like it's not quite reached the pinnacle in like my real life conversations as I call them, <laughs> you know, but yeah. in the online space and the entrepreneurial space, it is a topic that we talk about. It is something that seems to be really open in stories or on posts like, hey, I'm struggling. Yeah. Here are the things that I do to help, you know, alleviate my anxiety or whatever that looks like. So what are some techniques that you used or learned to kind of help manage your anxiety on a day-to-day -day basis? So for me, the main thing is kind of looking ahead at my schedule. I've always been kind of a planner. I'm an Enneagram 6. So if there's any other Enneagram 6 out there, we are the 
overly prepared people. And, you know, I think there's a lot of positives to that, too. But that really does help me manage my anxiety, knowing things ahead of time, knowing what's coming. So I'm trying to be really organized. I always have been, but, you know, it's different when you have your own business and there's, like, a billion things that you can organize. Yes. So, yeah, always having, like, being aware of what my schedule is, time blocking my schedule during the day so I don't. Because it is, it can be overwhelming because you're doing social media, you're doing editing, you're doing website stuff client orders, inquiries, like all the things. So I really had to start like time blocking and figuring out, okay, here's going to be the time where I do editing. Here's going to be the time where I mainly do emails and, and really just kind of time block or time chunk those things just to make it a little bit less overwhelming. So that's helped a lot. Setting boundaries with clients, like creating those expectations from the start. And I think I've listened to some of your episodes that have been really helpful with that too. Yeah, and just learning from other creatives, like how to set boundaries that are healthy for your business and creating turnaround times for my galleries that are realistic and not going to overwhelm me. And also recently, I've listened to your episode on outsourcing, and I know you're the queen of systems and all that stuff. So I've been working on my systems. Awesome. Yeah, I finally started outsourcing some of my editing for my wedding. And that has been a huge help for me this spring because after senior season in April and May were like a lot back to back. And then I had a lot of weddings and travel involved in those, which takes away time that I could be editing. So I was so thankful to have started that process. And like, you know, I edit the previews, I send them to the outsourcing, the editing company, and they take care of the rest for me. And then I, you know, do the final go through. So those things have all helped with my anxiety, still seeing my therapist, uh, making sure that I take time to get outside at least every day, you know, a little bit, like go for a walk down the street, take my dogs to the dog park, doing things that are like for myself too. And on my Wednesdays off, I try to do something that's just like enjoyable for me, whether it's like watching TV, taking a nap, going to get a smoothie somewhere, or just doing something that makes me happy. That's awesome. That's so good. I I love hearing whenever, first of all, I love hearing when someone's like, hey, I'm getting my systems in order. I'm like, you get gold star. (laughs) (laughs) But even more than that, like really coming in and setting those boundaries, like that's something that when we bring on a new client, especially for admin support, that is the big thing I push when we have our onboarding call. I'm like, here's the thing that I want us to accomplish in our time together, whether we work together for three months or three years, like you are going to get boundaries. Yeah, <laughs> And it's, so, it's important. so important. So what are your boundaries? What do your boundaries look like? And how do you enforce them with clients? So I usually prefer email for communication, not phone calls. Cause I like, we talked about at the beginning of this episode, probably before we started recording, like you get a random spam call and you answer and it totally derails what you're doing. Right. Um, Yeah. So my communication is through email with my clients. And then if I have a session with somebody, for example, I'll send them, I'll check in with them maybe like the day, like the week of their session, I'll give them my phone number in that email. And I'll say, Hey, when you get to our session location, please text and let me know that you're there and I'll come find you. So at that point is when I give them my phone number. But otherwise, if it's a couple that's inquiring with me for a wedding, like a kind of all my couples have to go through that consult call with me. And so let's see other boundaries. Yeah, I ask them if they start texting me about stuff. I'm like, please email me like I'm not 
going to remember that you texted and, you know, no, I usually don't have problems with that, honestly. And then I usually just set very clear expectations from the beginning. Like I will tell them your gallery is going to be returned to you in this many weeks, like at people's weddings or at the end of their session, I tell them like, I will have previews to you this next week and I'm going to have your full gallery back to you in this many. So they already kind of know that when that happens. And then I like to also... I don't know if this counts as like enforcing boundaries, but I like to be very transparent with my clients too. So like every week on Monday, usually on Instagram stories, I post my editing queue so people can kind of see where their gallery is in the lineup. And I put, you know, a reminder of how many weeks that's supposed to take. And I think that helps people at least to know, because sometimes people could think, oh, why aren't they working on my photos? Like, why don't, why does it take four weeks or six weeks? And it's like, oh, I'm not the only one that they're working on my photos right so so I think just being transparent about things from the get-go is kind of a way of creating that that space of like you know what's going on and honestly I feel like the biggest boundaries for photographers people just texting or dming or calling them at all hours of the day and I I don't really have too many issues because I I kind of established at the beginning that email is the way to contact that's so smart that's one thing that I see that happens a lot with new photographers is they start by allowing text and phone calls and that kind of thing because they don't feel or they feel like they have to be available, but then they're stuck in that for years. And by, you know, the second, third, fourth year of doing it, you're so sick to death of people that you don't even want to do your job anymore. Yeah. And it feels very scary to set those boundaries at first, but it's honestly not that hard not as scary as it seems. And also right. like, before I'll go on vacation, like two weeks, two or three weeks before my vacations, whether it's for work or personal trip, I will be posting that on my social media. I will email any current clients and I will tell them, hey, you know, just so you know, in, in two weeks, I'm going on vacation from this date to this date. However, like if you need me, you can email me and I'll get back to you on this date. Or if, for example, I had uh, the Columbia trip that I had the next weekend, I had another wedding and I told that couple, I said, your wedding's coming up. I was very transparent with them about when I would be back and everything. And I said, if you do need me, if some emergency comes up because your wedding is this week after I get back, I said, you can text me like you're the exception to the rule. But usually I tell people just email me. I put my vacation responder. I let people know please no work emails or, or please no work DMs or work texts. Like you can just email it to me and I'll get to you when I get back. Like if you have an emergency, I'm probably not the person that you're going to call. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Well, and I think that's something that as business owners, we have to understand. And it's something I have struggled with. Like this is probably one of the biggest struggles. I still, I'm getting a lot better, but I still kind of fight myself on is there's no such thing as most of the time a photography or like virtual assistant emergency unless I forgot to put a photo shoot on a calendar and they are at a location (laughs) like right you know like there's there are very very actual few prior to the shoot or wedding happening emergencies happening in these businesses exactly Yeah. And that's what like sometimes can be hard for photographers. I think if people are like, Hey, I need a photo like today for this presentation that I'm doing, like, can you send it to me? That's not an emergency. Like, right. It's a different photo for now. You know, like, you know, I told you that it was going to be four weeks. I'm not able to do that for you today. You know, it's not an emergency. Like if it's an emergency, it would be something you go to a hospital for. And I'm not the person. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I think what sometimes gets lost when we start putting boundaries in place is that we put the boundaries in place, but the expectation isn't set prior. And I think it sounds like something that you're really good at doing. Like you've set the expectation, like this is when I deliver galleries. This is when I answer emails. This is, you know, how I run my business. And those two things in tandem create a much more harmonized like life and business. Yeah, it helps so much if you do it from the get-go. If you tell your clients from the get-go, hey, you know, this is my turnaround time or, hey, this is the way that I prefer to be contacted and this is my normal response time. Like, just telling people that at the beginning, like, they may still have to be reminded. And, yes, I'll still have one or two, you know, maybe from this year, I've had one or two clients who are kind of, hey, is there any way I can get my gallery early? And I'm sorry, like, I have this many galleries ahead of you and that's not going to be possible right now. Right. You know? So. Sometimes you have to remind people and sometimes you have to disappoint people, but it's like, I, I'm only one person and I'm not going to put my mental health on the back burner or, you know, overwork myself when I might already be overworking myself some during some seasons, you know, just because somebody like really, really wants it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I always like to have these episodes even these you know kind of getting to know the photographer behind the lens episodes what our audience walk away with one actionable tip something that they can apply quickly so if you had to give um, advice to a new photographer you know that's listening to this and thinking okay maybe I could do like this full-time photography thing what would be what would be that tip what would be that advice just one step Hey, if you have more, have at it. <laughs> okay, well, I would say if you are in a full-time career and you're also doing photography and you're considering that transition, uh, make a plan for yourself with probably multiple steps. Um, you know, figure out how much money do you need to make to support yourself full-time. I, before I left teaching, I started saving aggressively. I started, I paid off my car, I paid off my student loans. Wow. Um, and I, I had a big savings goal for myself because I said, worst case scenario, if nobody books me as soon as I leave teaching, which is, you know, not the case, but I was like, I'm going to be good for like six months. So I wanted to make sure I was, I was solid. So I would say, you know, obviously you want to be financially smart and stable, make sure you've got all your ducks in a row there and make sure that you you're doing what you need to, to get bookings, you know, ahead of time to support yourself when you do full time. And let's see, I read a really great book that I think I would recommend that that is very much related to the experience that I went through, which is called Quitter by John Acuff. And it kind of helps you if you're like, I had to stay a year teaching when I really don't want to be there. And it really helps you to put it into perspective, like to be grateful for the, the career that you currently have. That's helping to pay your bills, helping you to like I was saving and paying things off while you're in transition. And it also helps you to look at like, what are some skills that you can take from your current career and bring it into your new career and like create opportunities for yourself and show up for that career in the same way that you will once you even you start your own or like you continue with your own business full time. So that was really helpful to just help me stay positive and not be like dreading going to work as much as I was every day. And, and the other thing I would say is start to envision like, what do you want your life to be like? Like literally for me, it was like fantasizing, like, what do I want my schedule to be like? What will be like, like everything's going to be totally different because you don't have a boss telling you, you have to work eight to five. You don't have to work eight to five if you don't want to. You don't have to take Saturday and Sunday off. You could take Wednesday and Sunday off like I do, you know, like literally just 
open your mind to the possibilities of things being however you want them to be and however is going to be the healthiest and the best for you and your schedule and your life. And, you know, the sooner that you figure that out and start to plan and put those things in place, think it can help your dream become a reality. So good. So good. All right. So I, as you know, you listen to the podcast, so I always ask like the same three questions. So the first question is, what is your favorite business tool? Oh, that's so hard. Okay. I really love, I'm kind of between like Dubsado and Calendly. They're both kind of, you know, you can use Calendly with Dubsado, but yeah, Dubsado has helped me to streamline my, my systems and my business processes. So I really love that. Can't recommend enough. Awesome. Well, very good. All right. And then uh, do you have a favorite quote? Yes. My favorite quote is from a Chicana author, Sandra Cisneros. And the quote is, you can never have too much sky. And that for me, is just like dream as big as you can. The sky is limitless. You can have as much of it as you want. And I've just always, eventually, maybe I'll get a tattoo of that on me somewhere. But I just love that quote. I was about to say, that sounds like a really good tattoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It does. It does. I'm like, maybe one day I'll go for it. But yeah, it's it's just a phrase I always find really inspirational. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. All right. And then my favorite, and this could totally happen. So I'm really excited for your answer. If we were to go grab drinks up in Louisville, because I don't spend any time in Louisville, uh, where would we go and what would we have? Oh my goodness. Yes, we should definitely do that sometime. And there's so many good places for cocktails and drinks here. I would say let's go to Trouble Bar, get into some trouble. I like uh, it. <laughs> yeah. It's in the area called Logan Street, and the owners of the bar are two really badass women, and they're super inspiring, and they are very inclusive and supportive of all of our different communities, and, um, and also the Shelby Park community that they're in, which is kind of an up-and-coming area, and they always have these great cocktails with amazing names, um, and I just love that they are very um, caring about the causes that they, that they support. They're always, like, advocating for different groups, um, and so I really love a bar that also advocates for social change and has amazing cocktails. I love it. I am absolutely <laughs> going to have to check that out. That sounds like my yeah. kind of place. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Johanna. I just loved hearing your story and I know our audience will too. Where can we hang out with you? So you can hang out with me on Instagram at Frames and Letters Photography. Also my website, framesandlettersphotography.com. Those are the main two. I have a Facebook page too, but Instagram, I'm on there a lot. I post lots of dog content yes she does (laughs) and just lot you know memes and other fun stuff and lots of great wedding and senior portrait content which is what I do and travel stuff whenever I go on a trip so hang out with me on Instagram I'd love to meet anybody who also is a fellow entrepreneur and if anybody else is like me and you're thinking about leaving one career to pursue photography full-time I'd love to answer any questions that you have in the DMs Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, definitely go check her out, guys. I absolutely love following her content and seeing her puppy because it's adorable. It's adorable. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for joining on this episode, you all. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Jen. Well, that wraps us up for this week. 
Thank you so much for joining on this episode of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. If you are loving our content, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to our channel or left us a review. You can always hang out with me on the gram at Success Beyond the Lens. Hope to see you guys next week. Oh,